News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here, Rob Center on the other side of the glass. Movie Mike McGranahan is here, professional movie critic, women in cinema advocate, and author and prolific tweeter. He'll have his review of Morbius in one split second here, and he'll have many reviews of The Bubble, The Contractor, and Better Nate Than Never, his appearance always sponsored by the Campus Theater Lewisburg. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Welcome on board. Thank you so much for coming on board. We always appreciate this. The highlight of my whole week. All right. Let's start out with Morbius. Morbius is yet another Marvel movie, and it's also one of the worst to ever have the famed comic book company's name attached to it. <laughs> Jared Leto plays Michael Morbius, a terminally ill doctor who may have found a miracle cure by creating a serum that mixes human DNA with bat DNA. After experimenting on himself, he develops the nasty side effect of craving human blood. Yeah, I'd say that's just a smidge worse than dry mouth or hives. Matt Smith co-stars as the guy who funds this crazy research. He takes the serum, too, and also turns into a vampire-like creature. The difference is that, unlike Morbius, he's perfectly willing to feast on innocent people. Morbius would have seemed cool back in 2002, before the formal Marvel Cinematic Universe perfected the art of adapting comic books for the screen. It's a blend of one-dimensional characters, recycled plot points, and action scenes influenced by The Matrix. Worst of all, you can tell it was made simply because Marvel-related movies do well at the box office. No effort went into creating anything fresh, new, or original. The whole film feels slapped together. The idea of Jared Leto as a vampire is cool. Other than that, Morbius is a great big bore. On a scale of one to four, I give it one and a half houses of Gucci. Okay, all right. How do you really feel? But uh, seriously. It's not good. I mean, you really have two camps of, of Marvel movies. Disney owns the majority of Marvel characters. Sony owns a couple of them. And Sony is clearly, between this and the Venom movies, they're trying to ride the wave of popularity that Marvel movies have and kind of piggyback on the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But they don't have the same level of quality control that Marvel and Disney put into the formal MCU films. They're just slapping something together because they know it'll make money to put the Marvel name on it. And Morbius really shows that. There is just nothing about this movie that is fun or interesting or new or that fits into the Marvel world. It's just product. Well, I only watched the trailer and you sent me the link for that, so thank you for that, but uh, it, it seems like the same story. I mean, it's almost it's the Incredible Hulk, it's mm-hmm. Spider-Man, it's you know, it's, a, it's 20 other films. Absolutely. How many movies have we seen where there's a brilliant but troubled scientist <laughs> who creates a miracle cure and then uses himself as a guinea pig? I mean, we've seen all of this over and over and over again, and the movie just trots it out one more time with no variation or nothing to freshen it up. It's a really kind of depressing hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> but forced to say something good about it, you will say at least this much. Um, well, I, I do like Jared Leto. I mean, I think he tries in the role, and I think he's well cast. He just doesn't have any material to work with. Okay, so put him in a Disney uh, Marvel movie in the in the months ahead. Could uh, Disney and Marvel take this plot and turn it into something they'd turn into a great follow-up someday? I, I mean, I think they could. Marvel, I haven't liked every Marvel movie. I have liked most of them. But Marvel puts a lot of emphasis on quality control. They love these characters and try to do right by them. So I think that they could make a good Morbius movie. The difference, like I said, is that Sony is really just interested in making money with a property that they 
have, and they didn't put a lot of care into this. Now, in the movie world, who is still obsessed with quality? Uh, Pixar. I, I would say Marvel is, but Pixar certainly comes to mind right immediately. Right at the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else? I mean, if you think of Universal Paramount or you know, hundreds and hundreds of other people making films now, Netflix. Certainly some of the smaller distributors like A24 who put out a lot of interesting art films. They have X in theaters right now. Another one coming out next week called Everything Everywhere All at Once that has great early buzz. Uh, you know, they're very selective in what they release. So they would be another one that I would consider to be very uh, focused on quality. Concerned about the art. Well, fabulous. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll keep an eye out for that. Morbius, one and a half. Houses of Gucci, in oh. honor of Jared Leto's other more recent movie. <laughs> bad movie. Another bad movie. Okay. Uh, the Bubble. Tell us about that one. This debuts on Netflix today. It's the new film from Judd Apatow, the guy who made Trainwreck and the 40-year-old virgin and funny people. And it's half Hollywood comedy, half COVID comedy. Uh, Karen Gillan plays an actress who's part of this big budget franchise called Cliff Beast. It's kind of like these dinosaur action movies and they're making a sixth one and everybody's kind of tired of the franchise but they're making it anyway Uh, but there's a COVID pandemic going on and so everybody has to hole up in a London hotel room for two weeks so that they can shoot this thing safely and that drives her crazy but it ends up being a cakewalk compared to all the dysfunction on the set so uh, this movie is a great big mess there's too many characters there's too much going on all at once the COVID stuff doesn't always mix up well with the behind the scenes of a Hollywood movie stuff, but I have to say I did laugh at this movie pretty consistently. So okay. it's on Netflix. If you have a subscription, you're not paying ticket price for it. You've already paid for it. So I give three stars for the bubble. Again, not a great film, but there's enough in it that made me laugh that I could give it a mild recommendation. Okay, super. Yeah, the trailer looks kind of disheveled, but um, certainly there's some funny lines, and you can see there's mm-hmm. a, a, an interesting plot to, uh, trying to unfold there, a crooked plot, we'll call it. The Contractor. If we, did, mm-hmm. Here's another film we've seen 105 times. That's my problem with this one. It's on demand today and in select theaters. It stars Chris Pine and he's a former special forces soldier who comes out, he's he's discharged against his will, his pension is in jeopardy and so against his wife's wishes he takes a job for a private contracting firm, kind of like Blackwater that's run by Kiefer Sutherland and this is one of those movies where he goes on this job and it's supposed to be very simple and completely ethical and he gets there and it turns out that he's been lied to and he's made the patsy in what's really going on and then he has to go on the run. I mean it's the fugitive, an enemy of the state and uh, minority Report and a million other better movies redone again, and it's just you see every plot twist in this movie coming long before it gets there. So, two stars for that. I know people might be flipping through their on demand menus and say, Oh, there's Chris Pine, he's a good actor. I'm going to watch this, and it's an action movie. Very little action in it, and just a completely predictable Same story. Same story. But didn't they do anything uh, compared to these other films better in this film? Not really. No, okay. it's a pale retread. And, and they, here they're again, like with Morbius, they don't even try to freshen anything up. Okay. You'll know in advance that Kiefer Sutherland's character is lying, and you'll know that, you know, certain people are betraying his character. Well, that's and, in the trailer. So yeah. If people saw But even that, if you didn't know. see the trailer, you would okay. know within five minutes because you don't hire All Kiefer right. Sutherland unless he's going to play somebody Shady. <laughs> Sounds like a generous two stars. Yeah, two stars. For, for it's, that one. Okay. it's watchable, but it's certainly not anything I would suggest going out of your way to see. Two out of four. All right. Uh, better Nate than never. Better late than ever. Better Nate we're... than ever. Yeah, that's hard to say. I have trouble <laughs> with that, too. Uh, this movie debuts on Disney Plus today. It's based on a popular kid's book, and the film is about a, a young boy who is 
a quote-unquote theater kid, and is very obsessed with trying to sneak out of his house and make his way to New York to audition for a Broadway musical. And the movie follows his exploits. Uh, my problem, you know, movies and TV shows about theater kids always make them so obnoxious. They're always so over-the-top and in-your-face. And I have known real theater kids, and they are not anything like this. You know, they're creative people, they're smart people, and movies and TV shows like this just make them seem dumb and single-minded. This movie is so in-your-face constantly and so bombastic and so, they're again, thoroughly predictable in every beat, and it just really wore on my nerves. It's like glee amped up to 10. Uh, and so one and a half stars for Better Nate Than Ever. Again, it's on Disney Plus today. Some families might want to watch it, but I found this movie just absolutely obnoxious. It's a family-friendly film. Yeah. Okay. All right, some other news that's uh, popped up later lately. Bruce Willis stepping away from acting. Yeah, it was announced this week. There have been rumors for a while, but it was formally announced this week that Bruce Willis has a phase which is a kind of memory loss uh, disease. It impacts people's ability to remember things and their awareness of what's going on around them. And so he is officially retiring from acting. Now, what's interesting here is that people have criticized him over the last few years because he he makes like four or five cheap, low-budget movies per year. They go straight to on-demand. He appears to walk through them. And he's gotten a lot of criticism for that. Well, it turns out that he has this disease that he's been keeping private, and he made all those movies just so he could have some money for his family when he's no longer able to work. So, very sad situation for Bruce Willis. Of course, once one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, and uh, now he's going to be retiring from acting. Yeah, still a box office attractant. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those films are being watched on Netflix. Sure, yeah, people love Bruce Willis. Wherever they are. Okay. Uh, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins popped into the entertainment news this week with, what, a dozen drugs in his system or something just occurred? Yeah, this really devastated me because Foo Fighters is my favorite band, but they've had to cancel, completely cancel their tour that was scheduled for all summer because their drummer Taylor Hawkins died at age 50. Apparently of a drug overdose. He had, a, I believe it was about 10 different drugs in his system, antidepressants, opioids, different things. So a staggering loss. You know, it, It's a testament to how good a drummer Taylor Hawkins was, that he was in a band with Dave Grohl, who is also one of the world's greatest drummers. you know, And, and he was one of the few drummers that can match Dave Grohl in energy and force. So, uh, tremendous loss for the music community there. Right, and the, but just to show you how important it was, the band can't really play without him. Right. You know, it's, it's not like missing one of the drummers in Grateful Dead. They were interchangeable for a time, and you did see them trading off, but uh, that doesn't work for this band, Foo Fighters, okay? And uh, just a quickie, Oscar review, the FCC <laughs> got complaints about the slap, saying they didn't appreciate what had happened during the Oscars. Yeah. And let's see, LAPD was on hand, ready to arrest if needed. Yes. Uh, right before I came in here, I was watching Good Morning America, and they had an interview with Will Packer, the producer, and he said that the LAPD was there. They were ready to arrest Will Smith and remove him. The only reason they did not was that Chris Rock declined to press charges. Okay. So that's that. As for winners of the Oscars, we spoke briefly on the On the Mark program this week. Any big surprise? You were surprised that Dakota won a little bit, right? Well, it, it was not considered a front runner until the last few days, and then it became clear it was going to win. That movie peaked at just the right time, and I hope people will see that film. You know, I've been raving about it since January 2021 when it debuted at Sundance, and it's a great movie that's kind of been under the radar for a lot of people, so I hope more folks will seek out Coda because it's a wonderful film. And widely available yet or back in theaters now? It's back in theaters this weekend, although not locally, and it is available on Apple TV+. Plus. Whether it will be available anywhere else, I 
don't know. But it is a good reason to subscribe to Apple TV Plus if you don't have it. Do you get it for free at Apple TV Plus, or is it still for pay on Apple TV Plus? No, if you subscribe, it's free. Okay, super. Okay, we'll check that out. Movie Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For coming in. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, ILCT.com, and his sponsor when he appears on WKOK Campus Theater, campustheater.org.